listening to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, affectionately known as The Mog, an open forum and promotional outlet for budding artists and creatives from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. I'm your host, Brad Cox, not necessarily affectionately known as anything other than Brad Cox, but I'm here all the same. Let's see who and what we're chewing on today on The Mog. Friends, East Coastians, and country men and women of all ages, welcome to the MOG. As always, links for our guests will be made available in the description, and a song or some type of promotional feature will be tacked on to the end of each episode. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Vagabond Sandwich Company, Capricost Books, Musicland, Black Eyed Susie's, Double Groove Brewing, Baltimore Decal Gal, and Reb Records. Remember to love local, support local, and to eat and drink local. Don't forget to use discount code MOG. Pod for a 10% discount at Capricost Books. Everyone knows you can't stop by Main Street Bel Air without grabbing one of Black Eyed Susie's legendary orange crushes and a killer lunch or dinner. Black Eyed Susie's has been supporting local for a long time. It's your one-stop spot for original and cover entertainment and an afternoon or evening out with friends on their rooftop deck. If you haven't heard, there's something very special about Double Groove Brewing. It's a melting pot of personalities, ages, loves, interests, and musical tastes. There are hippies, professionals, rockers, folk artists, friends and families here. Throw in the most delicious and satisfying craft beer on the planet and this place is complete magic. They are tireless supporters of the local talent. Stop by their location in Forest Hill for a pint and a night out with friends. Just announced, the Lords of 52nd Street, the ultimate Billy Joel band, is coming to the Amos Center on February 12th at 7 p.m. For tickets, just go to tickets.harford.edu. The Golden Dragon Acrobats are returning to the Amos Center on March 20th at 3 p.m. This unique Cirque Spectacular showcases traditional Chinese acrobats who dazzle with amazing feats of athleticism. For tickets, go to tickets.harford.edu. Also just announced, the Red Hot Chili Pipers are coming to the APG FCU Arena on March 8th at 7.30 p.m. The band's achievements have reached incredible heights with their groundbreaking fusion of traditional Scottish music and rock pop anthems, which they proudly call Bag Rock. Tickets are available at apgfcuarena.com. Today on the show, I'm bringing back one of my first moggers to talk about a few new passion projects he's been working on, how they're developing, and his plans for the future. Dan Houts isn't just a musician. In a lot of ways, he's an entrepreneur and a champion for local artists. I've been tracking his growth over the years, and just when you think you've got them all figured out, well, think again. Join me in welcoming Dan to the show. Let's see Houts he's doing. Dan, welcome to the Mouthful of Graffiti Podcast. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm going to read the news off real quick here. Transcendent Events is bringing the emo show back to Baltimore soundstage on January 29th. You'll hear Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Paramore, My Chemical Romance, Yellow Card, and more. Are you a fan of emo music? I'm just curious, actually. Yeah, I'm a fan of a bunch of those bands. I think that's a solid bill. Yeah. There's some cool local acts on that, too. I see the flyers up. I know Kevin and his band, uh, well, a group of his friends and kind of made up a band to play Yellow Card. That's pretty cool. I mean, who doesn't like Green Day, right? I didn't get heavily into it, but I definitely like the used in My Chemical Romance. See, we just covered most of the bill right there between two of us. We did not talk about that beforehand. I mean, that's pretty cool. Also, Rapola Entertainment is bringing Scott Lester's Letterbox, The Warehouse Fire, Here Goes Nothing, and Weatherwise to Zen West on February 19th. I was going to ask you later if you'd played any shows since COVID, but you did just play Zen West, didn't you? With Think Again? Uh, yeah, we played in September. Was it September? I think so, yeah. And the first person to message me the word keychain will receive a $25 gift card to the Baltimore Decal Gal. So as I said in the intro, you are a former mogger. So have you been listening to the show? Yeah, I have. I've enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, what's interesting is you're so prolific with this that I haven't had a chance to listen as often as you release them. Yeah. Because it's just, uh, I am someone who's very, just constantly doing things and constantly working on like a couple of things at a time. But when I have time, um, it's kind of funny. One of the most dedicated times that I listen to the Mog is when I'm riding around my yard and my tractor and like mowing my grass. Okay. It's so like, you're not doing that now? Not as much. Because it's, you know, cold outside. But I do make time. And, like, when, when I see one drop, I'm like, oh, man, I got to listen to this one. Like, <laughs> I know you put up that you got one coming out with Brian Wade. 
I'm pretty excited about that. Yes. You know, saw the one you had out with Josiah Orsi from Tears of Mars. Saw the one you put out with Brian Dunaway. Yes. Yeah, Bradley James one. Hayes on here. I mean, I'm just like, oh, man. There goes like four or five hours of my life. Like, I'm excited right. to listen to this. But it's just like, I'm going to be sitting here listening to this. And I'm so excited to hear it. But it's like, man, I got to make time to listen to these. And there's so many things to do. Is there anything that you've heard on an episode from a guest that you didn't know prior to hearing the show? Um, you do get into the details. Uh, I wouldn't say there's anything specifically that stood out where I was just like shocked. Right. But I really enjoyed some of the content at a level that I've never really been a serial podcast listener. Yeah. But this is one where it's almost like as entertaining as television for some. You're just <laughs> well, doing good. a very good job with it. And it's interesting because it, so many of the people are people I know. And I don't think you and I are as close where we have this immediate circle that we're like, you're like interviewing all of my friends because they're just your friends. Right. It's just you're really reaching into this musical community and you happen to grab so many folks that are worth listening to. They are. And everybody has a story. A lot of podcasts are dedicated to, to famous people, celebrities, movie stars, big rock stars or whatever. And you kind of get into the nitty gritty and you realize that our local folks have a lot of really great stories too. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And it's a great vehicle for people to talk about upcoming releases, to talk about, you know, what went into that. That's one of the things as an artist that's really, it's incredibly frustrating at times. Yeah. You put out like a record and it's like, oh, here it is. And then you want, you know, you want some kind of discourse. You want people to call you and be like, hey, man, what were you thinking when you wrote this song? And that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, they might wonder and maybe once in a while someone sends you a message or something like that. But it doesn't, you know, it, it's much more about them listening and enjoying that. Yeah. And taking away what they can from it. But in the same time, when you do that and you create something like this, now there's a moment where you can actually share that and you can actually get into the details and you can actually answer questions. And not that, you know, questions here are staged, but at the same time, you look at things in such yeah. detail that there's really some cool stuff that comes out in yeah, these. They always start off a little bit awkward at first because you don't know the person. But then after about 20, 30 minutes, they kind of loosen up and then people start kind of sharing things. A lot of times I'm not even expecting. Did you listen to Dana Koch's? I think I listened to that all that the way through. That was heavy. Yeah. She doesn't pull punches. Uh, I've She's done a couple of the showcases in the past. Yeah. I met her through the guys in Weatherly. And she's just phenomenal talent. Yeah. And I see her stuff on Facebook because we became friends through that. Yeah. Uh, her plan to showcase and just very, she keeps it real. And, uh, you know, I, I like that when people are, they, you know, there's no BS there. I was recently on Brett Bueller's podcast, the part-time rock star podcast. And one of the things that I realized when I was talking to him is that podcasting is kind of filling the void of what shows like Noise in the Basement used to do. Like it gives these artists a, a platform to get their music out there because I don't even think there is a Noise in the Basement at this point or even a show comparable to it. So uh, I told him, I was like, let's just work together here. If you get a guest, that they, they got a new record out, send him my way and vice versa. Because I think that this is, is offering that type of a platform for people. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, that's a great thing to do. It's really cool to uh, see you guys networking like that. Yeah. I have heard of his show. I have not done it. But uh, at the same time, you know, I've listened to a couple episodes of it. I think uh, Chris Mooneyham is on there and sent me a link for it. And I checked it out. Um, kind of interesting to see uh, the guest yeah. be louder than the host. Because yeah. Chris is such a talker. Yeah. And Chris is a good friend of mine. Uh, we co-host track together. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, that it, it's interesting when you guys are co-podcast hosting. Right. It's like, you know, it, it, it gets pretty uh, gets pretty chippy in there. Yeah. Well, Chris is a great guest because, like you said, he is a talker. Like, I don't even really need a, a set of questions ready for Chris. Like, if he's sitting there, I know that the conversation is going to go in a lot of really cool directions. But I don't want to cover too much familiar ground, but give people a recap of who you are and kind of your musical journey. Just kind of like the the Reader's Digest version. Um, <laughs> where okay. do you start? <laughs> yeah. Where do I start? All you right. Start so high school, middle school, you want yeah, to start like... I'll just start in, in performing out mm -hmm. live. So again, for those just joining us, of course, you've already been listening for 15 minutes now. Uh, my name is Dan Houts. I live in Bel Air. I've been around Baltimore. I've been playing around here for... 15 to 20 years or so. Can't believe it's been that long, but it has. Um, yeah. I've been a regular open mic performer, 
performing under a moniker Think Vocally. Um, I have been in a front for several rock bands, um, played some of the the more notable of them would be Ashes to Embers. Yep. Uh, Through the Wake is another one I did. Great band. And then I currently have a band wrapped, it's kind of wrapped around my songwriting project that we call Think Again. And it's actually a couple of members from Ashes to Embers, Mike Faulkler and Fred Wood, and a good friend of ours, Joe Ruggiero, who yep. played a ton of shows with us in other bands. He was in, not- most notably, uh, Roll It Over. Yep. And during that time, I have nurtured solo performances at places like coffee shops, and uh, I will say most notably, a sandwich shop known as Vagabond Sandwich Company that supports the MOG. I have also been performing in the club scene in Baltimore with my band through this time. I have cultivated a showcase that I call the Start Something Spotlight Series. And the newest thing I have going on is something I am co-promoting with Weatherly Productions. It's called Tracked. This is a live open mic meets live recording party. So what happens is we basically record a live demo on the spot at this place, uh, it's called Jayville Grill. It's up in Jarrettsville, uh, the corner of 23 and uh, Federal Hill Road. Uh, very good place, great food, good people there. Uh, good crowd comes out, too, for it. And Yeah, well, it was packed when I was up there back in December, I think it was. Yeah, it was even more full than the last one in January. January. It really um, was a full night. We actually went an hour late. Okay, well, that's we, cool. Yeah, I mean, we had people that wanted to play and people that were there buying stuff. So we said, hey, we'll keep it rolling. Um, so these are the things, you know, I've kind of had going on um, over the years. You know, I've released several albums and EPs and different things. Um, you know, yeah. there's a if you go to danhoutsmusic.com, there's actually a Spotify built of all the bands I've been in and different things. So you can actually look at the pieces of the puzzle. I know you released Revive in 2021, but your new record, essentially 2019, I think, Keep Hope Alive, you're still out there pushing that, that record right now, right? Uh, yeah, as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, it's tricky because part of the goal of that record was to make Think Again more of a band sound. The record previous to that, Every Which Way, was much more of a, here's, you know, a solid accompaniment for my solo acoustic singer-songwriter songs. Right. Whereas Keep Hope Alive was bringing a lot more presence. Mike was allowed to play electric on that album. Not that he wasn't allowed to play it before, but, you know, we, we really just embraced the full band sound of Think Again on Mike that Faulkner. record. Yeah. Yeah. And then... You know, Joe's parts are much more band parts as opposed to like, hey, I'm kind of strumming along with this guy playing an acoustic on the previous uh, Every Which Way. So yeah. in in that Keep Hope Alive, like when I perform those songs, if I perform those by myself, it's a little tricky to do that without them. And we do when we perform, we are playing those songs and we are playing, working on some newer stuff. And, you know, it's expanding and building in the next direction, too. It's kind of keeping going. But. At the same time, um, it's hard for me to promote that myself, yeah. which the majority of the time since that release has been the pandemic. That record came out at the worst possible time. It was right before COVID started to take hold. Yeah. So how do you keep hope alive? <laughs> well, I just keep writing and keep doing what I'm doing. Um, it's like I have this question. I've got to get it in there. <laughs> one of the things that I've been doing is I've I've started – I used some of the time during COVID that I had to myself – to build a songbook more than I had before yeah. of cover songs. We talked about this the last time I was here. And I was I was like, yeah, well, you know, you might not be surprised if you see me doing that. Um, and I've been playing out, playing cover gigs. I do work some of my original songs into that. And, you know, my goal would be to build that out to a point where Think Again can play a set in those nights. Yeah. And it's easy. It's produced by us. I can promote everything I'm doing in one place. It's not a tricky thing where... I have to drag people down to a club somewhere they're not familiar with, and I can you know start to network regionally, playing places that have somewhat built-in crowds. Right. And you know, as a musician, there are other incentives to playing at places like that. Absolutely. You start doing the cover circuit as well. You can get paid. Exactly. You know, and then you can use that money to further some of your original projects as well. I was going to ask you last time. I didn't get a chance to, but do you prefer? Because uh, you do do a lot of acoustic. Do you prefer playing acoustically over fronting a band, or do you like the fronting of the band more of the acoustic? I think there are benefits to both. Anyone that knows me really well knows that I would say anything on stage, 
not to like get a cheap laugh, but I keep it very real. There is no filter. Um, and that is tricky when you're in front of a band. Like I'll have conversations right, with the crowd to yeah. a degree. And on stage with the band, I've actually, eh, let's not say counseled, but the band was like, hey, man, you <laughs> did this. And, you know, we're all up here with you. And when it's just me and a guitar, I, I try to do that to involve people. It's not like vulgar. It's not sure. You know, but uh, sometimes when it's just me, there is no accountability to anybody who's standing behind me. I can, you know, rip my heart out and hand it to you if I want to. Right. When it's just me. But when it's a band, I have to be cognizant of that. I have to look around to make sure, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe we're playing on a shared drum kit. Right. And the cymbal stand just fell apart. And here I go crashing into the next song. And, oh, crap, we're not playing that song, are we? You know, and that that is the moment where it becomes a challenge to be on stage with a band. Right. And that's not a reflection on my guys because I think my guys are stellar. But that's probably the only difference for me. Um, I love I love both. Yeah. But it, I think they both have their benefits. I don't know if there's really a winner. Um, I would say I would choose solo right now because of the technical requirements to do a band performance right, you right can now. just go out and play you don't have to get everybody together sell the tickets start promoting the show you could just literally grab your guitar go to jville grill and do a set yeah i mean i yeah. could take a, if i had a guitar in my car right now i could set up and busk in your front yard like and that's an, what's going to be happening here on the mog in 20 minutes yeah exactly <laughs> no but uh, you know that, that would be the only reason i would if i had to make a choice i would say that that's pretty much it is is the what it takes to build that um, but I absolutely love being on stage with Think Again. I always love being on stage with the guys in Ashes, and I love being on stage with the guys in Through the Wake. Very different vibes in all these bands. But, I'm uh, bringing that up to kind of lead to Tracked, because I think intuitively speaking, people tend to be a little bit more cautious or reserved about putting themselves out there acoustically. It <laughs> makes them feel a little bit more vulnerable or uncomfortable. But the reality is, at least I've found anyway, is that I do like them differently, but I like playing acoustically because I can actually hear myself better. I'm not trying to hear myself over the monitors that maybe aren't giving me what I need. It's just me and the guitar. Once you settle in that first one or two minutes, it's like, okay, this is cool. But people that are maybe a little bit hesitant to come out to track, they'll probably really enjoy it and it'll help them grow a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a certain amount of that that might reflect on you being a front man as much as you've been. Yeah. Where you're used to the distortion and the booming of Gary Holmes on the drums. Right. And, and, you know... That's a big element for songwriters in a position where we've been, where you front bands like that. But some of it is also just knowing how to hone that performance live. If you've been someone that just kind of goes through the motions and you're working on writing something, and there's a difference between writing, playing through something, and emoting a real performance. And that is what we want to help develop. You know, it, it doesn't come with a critique but really, if you got a track back from us and you asked me or Chris about your track and what you could do and why, you know, this track didn't sound as good as that track, we might try to help you with some of that. Uh, yeah, not that we're masters of performance, but at the same time, seeing the track, we can tell you, look, in this track, you look, you're a lot more into this song. And the other song, not as much. You see, that this was recording the whole time, man. Right. It's a condenser. It doesn't, it doesn't lie. You know, your guitar, you were playing louder on this song. You were singing louder on that song. You and probably knew it better and you were more comfortable. Yeah, and, and it, it builds that. And that's the other thing. It, it, it creates not just like something for you to go back and nitpick, but what's cool is it gives you something to share with people too. If you can own your live performance and you're comfortable with it, you can share that. And then it becomes a product that you can put out and people can hear you if you need a demo track. Like one thing we have not talked about, I haven't really said publicly, I plan to release a live album from Tracked. I That'd play cool. at least a few songs at every Tracked and I will get them tracked and I will have them sent back to me. Mine are last in the list for anyone who's wondering because the people that come to Tracked are more important. And that's, that's kind of our philosophy about it. But you will see a couple of tracks coming out soon from me. Uh, I have a live version of New North I did at the first track. We're actually going to hear that at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to put these things out 
And what we would love is to see them circulating and see people saying, I got this done, attract. And then more people know it's an avenue for them. And it's something they can use yeah. to create. And maybe that gets them a gig. Maybe it gets them a connection to get into something like my Spotlight Series showcase. And there's no real requirement. Like when people have their song recorded, they don't have to put it out there. It could just be like you said, like, okay, this is what I really sound like. A lot of times in the room, it's a little bit louder and it covers some of those mistakes. But you hear it back and you're like, okay, I need to work on the song and this is how I need to work on it. Like they don't have to, you're not going to take those songs and release them for them, correct? No, we're not. A Weatherly does reserve the right to store them. Okay. But I don't believe they really would release anything without anybody, you know, um, doing it themselves. I mean, the goal is to create something for someone. Yeah. And that's that's where we're getting right now. We've gotten in the comfort zone where we can establish what we can produce and what we can record live, which we're not the first to record an open mic live. Um, I have a good friend, Rob Hinkle, band Illiani, uh-huh. who yeah. has done live recording and open mics for years. Um, and Chris brought the idea of recording this to me and started talking about how we could make that work. I was curious what the impetus was for it. Was it just simply he came to you with an idea or? Well, we wanted to make an open mic at Jayville, but the challenge was what do we do to make it special? Like we didn't want to just have it be a random open mic because he wanted it to be on a Saturday. And I said, Saturday open mics are, you know, you should make it something else, like make yeah. it something more. It's got to be a step up from what they would get like on a Monday night. Yeah. And and to bring out, you know, people and make some interest and really let's let's do something for the community with this is kind of what we were thinking. So, you know, we came up with the live tracking, came up with that. And it, it really has built into and, and we've only done a couple of them because the goal is to do them every six to eight weeks. Uh, we just announced the next one. It'll be on March 5th. Uh, but, you know, building this is is going to help people get tracks and help us build more community around Javo, which is actually a newer music venue. They've only been having live music yeah. there since uh, September. They've been very supportive of local artists. I mean, yes. it's like every Wednesday, I think Wednesday and Friday, is it? Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, I mean... It's not limited just to original music. The people that are doing tracks are also doing cover songs. And so a guy like uh, that does strictly covers, like a Jamie Bishop, could come in there and be tracked, correct? Absolutely. The only thing is, and there is a there's a little disclaimer you have to sign. One, we need permission to record you. And two, we need to make it very clear that your responsibility for distributing that music, it's your responsibility to get, get the, the license. Yeah. So if you're going to – now, if you're giving that away, I don't know if there's really any issue there. But if you're going to sell it, you're going to make money off of a cover tune. Like, if you're, you know, get on with your bad self, but do it by the rules. Yeah, you probably won't be safe either way, whether you're going to make money or not. A lot of these services like CD Baby or District, you can actually just basically submit your song. I think you pay like an extra 5 10 bucks, get the license. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yep. There's definitely ways to do it. With Weatherly Productions, what aspect of it are you handling? Are you handling just the hosting? Or are you handling the hosting and recording? And then Chris is taking it, Christopher Mooneyham is taking it and mixing it down. How's that all working? It's pretty much the second thing. So okay. I am handling the hosting. So I'm the person who organizes the list. I bring the live sound. So I bring the PA. I run sound in the room. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is me and Chris interface. Chris handles the recording. Chris handles the mixing and the production. That's Weatherly kind of does that part right. of it. Um, and my job is to really make sure it sounds right in the room and make sure the performers have what they need and to make sure that I'm capable of miking whatever shows up, plugging in, amping, whatever, so that we can produce the sound. Um, and then we kind of work together to promote it. And that's, that's kind of where it lays at the moment. Uh, it's, it, I think it's going to build because I think there's more stuff that's going to start showing up. Like the last time we had a flute and a trumpet. Okay. And, uh, and, a, couple of, yeah. and a couple of drums yeah. that showed up. And it's, you know, I'm not going to mic drum kits there. Right. I'll be outright about that. But if you bring hand drums in, I've got enough mics and enough stands. I bring four or five boom stands with me to this thing. So we can really, we could mic a, a trio if we had to. Yeah. Um, and I, I bring a condenser if I need to mic any special things that are a little sensitive, uh, you know, and we, we try to address whatever could show up. 
So when I showed up in December, uh, I heard Melanie Hemling for the first time, and I was curious because she's fantastic. Yes, she is. Were there any artists uh, that have come along that you were just kind of like blown away by? She's she's the one I would talk about. Yeah. Because um, another thing that you're doing that's really cool is there's people there that just want to sing, but they don't really have a vehicle to sing. So they need somebody to play the guitar. And Kyle and Chris, or maybe even yourself, I didn't see the last one, will get up there and, you know, if they can pull the song up and play the chords, they'll, you'll do it. Yeah, Chris has done that. He did that with a girl named Jillian Page and came out. Um, him and Kyle went up and played Zombie Cranberries with her, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's a video up online about that. Uh, showing that that is something we would consider uh it's probably something i'd probably throw on chris because as a performer i'm more of a singer than a guitar player i always say that but uh you know it's it's all about giving everybody an opportunity to perform if you want to get yourself recorded do that you can do it for free come on out and support the series and support JVL too. So say somebody comes out and they want to play a song, but maybe they, they have a little bit of um, hesitation about being recorded because people might have that. Is it still kind of like an open mic where they could still perform? Yeah, say, absolutely. Hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not down for being tracked, but I'd like to play a song for you. Absolutely. They could play a whole set. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't... It's not to put people on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to record you, but we would like to to create something for you. And that's the thing. If, if we record it, they break out the mix and cut the stems and do everything they need to do to send you a track and you don't want it, it probably never sees the light of day. I mean, well, I can vouch uh, that the, the product you're getting from Tracked is very good. We are going to hear New North at the very end. Are the recordings turning out the way you thought they would turn out or even better? Better. They are good. definitely turning out better, but we didn't have a lot of great examples going in. Um, Chris and Kyle had done this where they recorded using their own equipment before, well, what we're doing is using a hybrid of my equipment with their recording stuff. So Chris is taking a USB out from, I have a digital mixer I use. Uh, it goes through an iPad. It's a, whatever, it's a system that I use and it gives Chris the tracks and he breaks them out. Um, we specifically try to use decent mics and make sure, and that's the, the hardest part of it for Tracked is that I have to really go through and it's not just like, a line check for an open mic. Yeah. Where the open mic host goes, all right, let me see. All right, got guitar. All right, got vocal. I can mix you from there. Right. You know, this is much more like a mix you would do with a band when you're on stage and you're checking the level and he's checking it and he's got headphones and he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I can EQ it too. And then I have to balance that. That's the hardest part of it is I have to balance what he needs versus what we need to hear in the room. And I have to really betray what we hear in the room so he has a good record. But... As we're going, I have to try to mesh that and meld them together. And that's a bit of a challenge because the room sound is a lot different than the recorded sound. Right. Because you're going, you know, straight from that pickup or that mic or whatever, right into a USB, right into the computer. It does not lie. Yeah. I know there's a certain exclusivity with uh, JVL Grill at this point, but I could also see where it could be cool and you could be booked or billed to take Tracked elsewhere. Have you considered like Boland's Main Street Tower, like taking Tracked basically on the local roads? Possibly. This is not exclusive to JVL. This is exclusive to myself and Weatherly Productions. We are doing this at JVL because JVL is being so supportive with our artists. They've been awesome. And Weatherly is doing a lot of production stuff at JVL, and they are working with artists there as well. So we wanted to make that a home for it and to bring people in to see what JVL is offering to local artists. And I, I thought it was important to give them that. Uh, but we are not necessarily exclusive. Uh, if I was going to take this elsewhere, I'd probably take it to the biggest venue I could take it to and take it somewhere where we could definitely create like what we band. need. Well, that's what I mean. That's, yeah, yeah. that's how big we would go with it. we go as big as we could, and that might be the main reason we would take it another place. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's certainly an option. I know that the recordings are kind of under lock and key at this point, except for the one that we're going to hear at the very end. There's a couple of them that have been released. Okay. So yeah, like uh, the one Melanie did for her song, 2 a.m. That's – I believe that's out there. I don't, know really? if she's, I don't know if she's going to release it or not because she released a studio version. Uh, her – she has a new act and kill me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's called I Mandatory Relaxation Group. Okay. Uh, it's a, a really cool name. She's uh, – really cool uh and the song is just dynamite and they got it recorded and produced it and put it out because um, you could like over time create a spotify playlist for tracked 
where people that are like, okay, I'm comfortable putting it out there. That's the future of Tract. Okay, well, you're, just you're check on. that off the box yeah. here. Yeah, that is absolutely where we My are headed. My marketing degree is coming in handy. Well, I mean, that that is absolutely where we're headed. Yeah. It's just a matter of having enough recordings. And it's also about having enough recordings of the artists that are comfortable with it. Yeah. And only having two of them right now, it would be a couple of tracks of me and like one or two other people. And we, we are still, Chris is still wrapping up the tracks from the first one. And now he's working on the second one. And each performance, so we had 10 performers at the second track. Each performer did four or five songs. That's a lot of songs, man. That's 40 songs. Yes. That's, what so is that, he like is gonna, four hours? Yes. At least. Yeah, we went from seven to 11. Okay. And and that we planned to go seven to 10, but people wanted to keep going. And, you know, people were buying stuff. That's the thing. I don't want to kill the party when we have this thing going and people are there and supporting it. I want to encourage them to support it. And I want them to know we're there for them, not just there for ourselves. Open mics in general can tend to struggle a little bit, but you've got an angle now. And that'll create like a scene around that. I think that's really cool. There's a very entrepreneurial aspect to you. Uh, You've had Band Together, which uh, you've raised money for through Vagabond, through Sandwich Stock, events like that, supporting local. You've got the Start Something Showcase, which is something else I wanted to talk about on this show. And now you've got Tracked. What is the why for you? Why do you do this? Well, it all started as a means of performing on my own terms. I feel like when you play club shows, which is kind of how I got introduced to live performing, and when I started playing open mics, I'm kind of always playing as many songs as someone lets me. Or I'm kind of on stage between, you know, 8.20 and 9.10. And if you're off five minutes later, oh, man, you screwed up. But what was the barrier? Like, that's the thing. I've always been someone trying to achieve goals, working towards something. And and it really broke down to me is what do I need to do this? Yeah. And what I needed was a PA. I needed contacts. I needed to figure out where I could do it. And that was the thing. That was it. Once I figured out how to do that. I would work with a local business owner about hosting live events. Sometimes I do it at no cost, just do it for free or do it for, hey, give me a discount on coffee or something like that. Or, you know, I hosted an open mic at Bon Tempo Brothers and they paid me in pizza. That was it. I got a pizza every night. <laughs> yeah. that was, but it's I like really. Brass w- monkey paying you in beer. Well, exactly. All right. But it was more important that there was an open mic or that we had that to share and I wanted to play and it gave me a venue to play. And that's the thing. There's a fair argument that that could be considered self-serving, but that wasn't really – that's a small piece of the picture where I am performing. You're providing doors. If it weren't for people like you, there aren't doors for artists to walk through and play. That's that's exactly – that's the way I feel about it. I think that having that door open and having that PA set up and that mic there and being able to play – I'm filling the time between the other performances. Right. And in the interim, yeah, I might pick up a few people listening to me, but you know, more often than not, it's just a place my friends can come see me play uh, so that I'm not, you know, it, you just relinquish all control if you're not trying to open doors, or you're not trying to create something new, or you're not trying to be somewhere. Right. Because that's, that's what it is for me. It's about being somewhere. It's about like Vagabond is like a home to me. When I walk in there, I feel very much at home. I feel very comfortable. I know that Ben is the owner of Vagabond, is someone who has my back and supports the showcase. He supports doing sandwich stock. He supports having the open mic. And, you know, this is stuff that is important to him as yeah. someone who loves music. And actually, Ben is a drummer, too. Um, I heard that. So he needs to do his social distortion cover band at some point. You know he loves social distortion. He yep. loves punk music in general. We need to get him out. That, that should be the next thing. It should be like start something and Ben is playing the drums on all the songs. <laughs> I, I'm into it. You just got to make it happen. He's not into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can drag him out to do it because he's, you know, he's so busy conquering the world. I think he was starting a brewery at one point and now he's got a food truck. Well, he's got the veg um, truck. Yeah. And so I was talking to him over the holly break and I brought this idea to him about having the Cox and Vag truck, but Cox and Vag truck. And that's probably not going to happen. But he likes to minimize himself, but he's actually extremely good at business. 
And yeah, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's the president of the Downtown Alliance at this point. You don't get there if you don't know what you're doing. Well, that's the thing. Um, Ben is one of those people for me. Everything you can take at face value. There is no, you know, there is no ulterior motive. Right. He wants to make good food and he wants to be part of his community. He wants people to value what he's selling to a degree. And he just wants to continue to grow. He wants to have a business, support his family, make cool shit and have people be happy with it. That's so we touched on Start Something. Uh, the next event is coming up on February 5th. What is Start Something? How is it different than Tracked? And what can people expect if they come out to the event? Okay, so Start Something is like the next chapter, right? I've been doing Start Something for several years. I this think is... Underground did a couple of them. Yes. Okay. You guys did a couple of the first ones at Vagabond. But before Vagabond, Start Something was just a songwriter showcase and it was at the Bottomless Cup and Habit of Grace. It was at Rogers Coffee and Tea in okay. Abingdon. It was at Huckleberry's before that. It's It's been at a few places over the years. And what it is, is it's really the next chapter after you're an open mic performer. And maybe you want to share your songwriting. It's a good opportunity to get out and play music and share like who you are as an artist. Um at Vagabond, we've embraced more cover music into the showcase, but it's much more about songwriting and it's about having the opportunity to share and do like a, you know, storytellers kind of deal. And I don't necessarily people, bill it that way. Yeah, yeah. Because I haven't really seen that people necessarily do that aspect of it, the storytelling portion. I typically do a lot of that during my sets okay. when I play and I've, I don't play at all of them, but I do play it. I, I don't think I got the memo. I think that's what it is. Well... The goal is to actually build mm-hmm. kind of a community around the people performing in this showcase. And w- there's nothing I love more about this showcase than when I see someone that was at a showcase playing a show with someone else they met at the showcase. Yeah. Like, for instance, that's like, cool. Like, there are people I know who have had like pre existing relationships, like um, good friends, uh, Tim K and Matt Pless. These guys have been known each other for years and they'll end up on a bill at a showcase together and it's like a blast and maybe there's someone else that was there that night that played the show and all of a sudden the three of them are doing a bill together somewhere i saw dana Koch at sandwich stock yeah. and and i asked her just after her performance i was like hey you want to sing on a song you know so that that does happen oh absolutely and that that's really what we're what we're aiming for is to build kind of a community to build friendships and to build you know networks and connections and all that stuff so that everybody has a chance to not only perform and share their art but it it really just creates those connections that last they right. last longer than the showcase does and it's you know it's it's really cool to see that and what i mean when i talk about it being like the next chapter is it's like this is a little bigger than an open mic you're not just playing a couple songs it you could be a full set. band just yeah, playing like acoustically yeah, it's definitely an acoustic setup. It's definitely hand drums, not a drum kit, because we're limited. Unless you're Eric Piccolo, then you're going to bring your electric guitar and you're going to play it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think Gun is playing at the next one, and Mike is going to play an electric guitar. Yeah, but sometimes it just makes sense if the solo is extremely intricate. It doesn't make sense on an acoustic. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we work with those things when they come up. Um, yeah, as far as that, it's just you know giving everybody a real set. You yeah. know, it's not. You know, and that's not a dig at open mic because there are times at open mic when if the list is light, I'll let people keep going. Yeah. But this is something you can promote. I will be here. I will have, you know, 35, 40 minutes and I'm going to play a set and it's on the weekend too. So that's cool. It's, you know, it's an opportunity for people who might be open mic performers or people who might be regional performers that might not be able to get dates in certain towns or certain areas. Or they want to play for their hometown friends and family. Yep. And that you know, like you don't want to drag them all the way to Towson or Baltimore, so they can go right to Vagabond Sandwich Company and catch a set. And what's cool too is it's kind of a more low key setting. It's not a club. It's not a loud bar. Right. It's it's a sandwich shop. Right. It gets packed and it can get loud in there. I won't lie, but it's because people are excited. And yeah. that's if people are there and they're excited about the music, you're not going to be as bothered by it as you are if it's just a bunch of loud. You know, people bopping in a bar and you're trying to hear the music. Whereas, I think 
Uh, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. Go ahead. Well, we've said over and over and over that local music is one of the most thankless things that you can do. So I'm curious, and I think I already know the answer, and that's why I put the question here. What is your fire? What excites you about local music? Like, yeah, recording songs and putting them out there, that's fun. And writing songs in general is very cathartic. But there's another fire that I found from doing this podcast, which I think that you probably found from doing these other events, that when you start bringing other people into the the equation and you start giving people a platform, it's like if, if releasing a song or going out and playing live makes you feel like a two or three on a scale of 10, this actually makes me feel like a five or a six. I feel like I'm doing something it's not just benefiting me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it really gets to be the event. Um, it not only creates something in the room, it's not just the network and the performances. It's not just the connections, but it's also the performance that happened and looking back at it as like a catalog. And I see... I have like a file on my computer of all these flyers from all the years and, and I look back at them and man, I can remember the performances and it's the stress and the anxiety. Well, I mean, the, just the performances in the room. Not you necessarily saw tickets mine. or not, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's the, the other part of this is this is not a ticketed kind of thing. Right. Um, it's a free show. It's all ages. We're raising money for a charity. That's another thing I love. Band together. I support yeah. Band Together with our showcase. Uh, it's It's been kind of – it's been a little painful that we can't do that as much lately because of COVID and all this stuff that's been going on. Um, but we're in a spot now where people are vaccinated and getting their boosters and we're able to mask and distance as much as possible. I'm using a ton of sanitizer kind of stuff and addressing that. And it it's almost – you know, the antithesis of what was distancing and spacing from COVID. It, it's, it's bringing people in. Yeah. And that's, that's really, if there is a fire, it's bringing people in and seeing people kind of come together around something. And like one of the things I started to gear the showcase toward was releasing music. Like Bradley James, one of the last showcases before we broke because of COVID. I remember that it was there. Was Bradley's release party for a single he put out. Mm -hmm. And... You know, uh, one of the better showcases we've had was where I met Dana Koch was Weatherly's The Making Of album yeah. release. I was there for that one, too. And it's, you know, having that and giving them a place to do that. It's low stress. It's it's in their hometown. It's easy to do. I show up. I run sound for them. There is no production fee for them. All they have to do is is they donate their performance, which isn't a little thing. I, I really do appreciate that they're donating their performances. But... If they donate their performance and they help us talk about band together a little bit and they share and they promote the event. I think we locals are kind of used to not getting paid a lot. <laughs> so we, the opportunity yeah. is there and, you know, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, just, just having that build um, really creates something. Who's playing on the uh, the 5th? On the 5th, we have Ben Rines and uh, Spencer Lociavo. Band Hourglass is going to play acoustic, and my band okay. Think Again is going to play. Very cool. Hourglass, I think we played with them together at Black Eyed Susie's. Yes. Yeah. Cool band. Yeah, definitely. We were both very lucky to have very supportive wives of the music and these these pursuits that we that we do. So what does your wife think about all of the music and all the things you're doing? Because she's got to be very proud of you. Uh, I think she is. Uh, I think at the time, it... It's kind of one of those things you have to kind of do a zoom out on at yeah. the moment. We have two little children. Right. So anytime I'm not there is time she pretty much is there without me. Um, and I appreciate all of that time because it's allowing me to continue working on this stuff, continue creating and promoting and doing these things to help what I believe is helping to build our local music scene and, you it know, is. foster whatever you might call a career in music or whatever, this part of my life, continuing to grow that and to explore that and take part in it. Um, I love, honestly, one of the things I love the most is when they're actually able to come out. Yeah. Um, from time to time, like I played just Friday, I played at Jville Grill, I played a solo show, I played, you know, I did a night there, 7 to 10, and she came out with the kids. And now it gets, it's it's louder in the room. So the kids are a little sensitive, so they'll wear, like, headphones, but they can still hear everything really good. Is the five-year-old starting to pick up on music and instruments and that kind of thing? 
Yes. He runs around the house with this little plastic guitar we got him from Five Below, and he sings <laughs> the most ridiculous songs. I love that. Um, it's usually just a veiled way of calling his sister a name or poking well, at me, but he is absolutely uh, becoming a songwriter in his own his own right. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, I uh, appreciate you coming back onto the show. Uh, are there any local bands that people should check out because of track that you've seen, aside from Melly Hemling, we already talked about her, anybody that you think people should be checking out at this point? Man, there are so many great local artists. I would use this moment to call out something I thought was really cool that happened at the last track. Uh, there's a performer, this guy, Shane Schistler, this guy's comes out. He's been out at my open mic at Vagabond. He's been out at track now. And he is an instrumental artist, like a guitar player. He'll have this pre-tracked material, and he'll play live with it. And he'll kind of have, like, the track going. It's got, like, bass and drum going with it. He's playing guitar, and it's really cool stuff. And there was a player there, this guy Dan McDermott, that came out. And he was out at track, and he said, look, man, I have to play with that guy. He's like, I'm not on the list. It's the end of the night. I know it. But I want to play with that guy. Because he's like, this guy's a great guitar player. I want to jam with him. Like, can, can I do a song with him? I got a guitar with me. I just didn't make it in time to get on the list. So he wanted to like play like lead guitar or something? or He wanted to jam a song okay. and have Shane kind of play lead and accompaniment and kind of jam together with him. Oh, that's cool. And, and that was how track two ended. With, with that, a couple songs of that. And, and it was really cool. You're giving um, me flashbacks to the didgeridoo, man. Well, that's what I mean. If, if, if you can get these people together right. and they're having a blast, you know, I mean, I would recommend checking out all of them. Yeah. Um, Dan McDermott and Shane Schistler. Um, you know, the, the pretty cool, pretty cool moment to end track. I'm really hoping we got good tracks of that, and yeah. that that's something we can put out because it was a neat thing to have to have happen. And it, you know, they looked at me as the host, like I was beleaguered because we were already an hour <laughs> over time, and I was just like, no, no, man, we're gonna do it. Let's we're do doing this it. thing. And I was like, you just asked me to do something awesome. At the end of an awesome night, so turn the yeah. oven and the fryers back on. We're going till twelve. That's right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to hear a song that's on Keep Hope Alive called "New North." Yep. This is a solo acoustic recording, of course. From and it's fantastic. Uh, actually, your recording of "Stand by Me" was also awesome, but I didn't want to include it because of copyrights. Just want to be sure yeah. that my episode's not going to be taken back down. But tell us a little bit about the song. All right. So "New North" is a song I wrote about my family. It's about. Um, that moment when things change and you kind of have to realign your focus and when you are getting married and you're having children and you start to look at what is really important and the concept is to find your new north. Like when you're lost and you might be looking for yourself or looking for your way, you would follow north and maybe my north changed when I got your married. Your new priority, your new goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I made for that um, – you know, my new north is my family and they are, you know, they are what is important and what matters the most. And that's, that's kind of what that's about. And it's also kind of a reference. I'm a land surveyor. It's what I do for a living. So, um, outside of my music, uh, but, uh, with that, you know, kind of built that into the topic of it. Well, this is the track it's live. It was recorded at the Jville grill. This is new north. I think again. Thank you. And thanks for having me.
cast a light And I burned off all the fog Clouded up my life when it came along Thank you for coming along Handling my business These ducks in a row But you would come along Always racing through each second Until this would become real And open up So it's too Cast a light that burned off all the fog. Clouded up my life when it came along. And you've come along. And you've come along. That's, uh, that's what I got for you.